Welcome to the South Canaan Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. Morning, everyone. Certainly uh, an honor for me to be here this morning and do want to speak a little bit about honor um, or spend a little bit of time talking about honor this morning. I think it's a very important topic or I wouldn't have chosen that one. Uh, we are going to actually define that and talk about why it's important and then a little bit about how we can honor others. I want to thank Brother Rick for his reading this morning of Psalms 96. Thirteen verses there. And in those thirteen verses, it tells us to sing to the Lord, to bless His name, to tell of His salvation, to declare His glory. To greatly that He is greatly to be praised, He is to be feared. He made the heavens. His strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. And we are to ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. We're to worship the Lord and we're to always bear in mind that He will judge the peoples. I hope from those verses, we can get that we need to honor our God. We need to hold Him dear to us. We need to spend time thinking about Him and, again, what He means to us. If there was no other reason than that we're commanded to honor God, that would be reason enough for us to study honor this morning. Now there's lots of other folks, by the way, other than God, that we're told to honor. We look at uh, Romans 13 and verse 7, it says, Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. There's a lot of folks who are out there to honor. There's a lot of things I'm not going to talk about today. I took about three sermons worth of slides, Della, out of this and pared this down. We could do a whole series on this. So I hope what I've chosen to leave in and the way that I want to approach this is beneficial to each one because I want to talk about how we honor God, ways that we do that, and then God's system or purpose for how we're supposed to learn to do those things. It's one thing to know what we're supposed to do. It's a whole other thing to know how to do it. God gives us a plan and he's got one and he put it in action. Sometimes we fail in terms of that. We can do better with that. And that's what I want to do this morning. This is not a lot of teaching things you don't know. It's more stirring up your pure minds in the way of remembering. So I thank Brother Rick for his reading and Tanner for your songs and your song selection. Brother Mark for your words around the table because that really is going to come into a part of how we honor God around the table. Appreciate every one of you and your participation this morning. Whom do we honor? And I've listed some there and I highlighted some because we're going to speak mainly about those in terms of how we learn to honor God we're going to use some of those others as examples. Certainly, uh, there are some things I don't want to spend a lot of time on, but I do want to mention. 
You know, a lot of times when we hear that somebody is, you know, we look at the king and we don't have a king. We've got a president, we've got a congress, we have a governor, we have a different system of government uh, than the Romans had when this scripture was written. But the principle is exactly the same. We're to honor those authorities that we have in civil government, brothers and sisters. We need to do that. And I shudder when I hear people talk about folks in power in such a casual, loose, and oftentimes dishonoring way. And what I often hear retorted when I talk to my brethren about that is that I honor the position, not the person. And I'm just going to say right now, I think that's not biblical. In fact, I think that violates God's intent and His command. We need to study more on that. I'm certainly open to do that. I could be wrong. But the Scripture says, Render therefore to all their due. We're to give honor to whom honor is due. Not to the position that honor is due, but to the person that sits in that position. And I don't know how many of us on a first-name basis with the president or past presidents or vice presidents. I'm not. And to refer to them that way is dishonoring. We should not do that. We don't have to agree with their politics. We don't have to agree with whatever it is in terms of their platform or what they're putting forward. But brothers and sisters, we owe them all. And it's important that we do that because there are eyes watching. There are ears listening. We should also honor our elders. The scripture talks about those that rule well. And brothers and sisters, we have good elders. We have an awesome eldership here. And I've got to tell you, it does my heart good when I am speaking to folks about this congregation and they ask me, why do you choose to go there? And that's the right question. Please don't ask me why I don't go somewhere else. Ask me why I choose to come here. And our eldership is a large part of that. And I thank each of you and your family for that. We owe our elders honor. And I hope that each of us take that seriously. Brother Bruce, before I ever started, before the assembly started this morning, brought me up here and he showed me some blue tape he put. And he said, you need to stay within those lines. And I said, Brother Bruce, I'd try. And so he put this on. I think, you know what you don't see is this dog collar. The shock collar under there said, you can see me doing like that. I got outside the line. Bruce is going to get me back in. We need our elders doing that. Brothers and sisters, we get outside the line. Elders need to get us back in. We need to honor them when they do that. And they're due that honor. We are going to talk about the aged, and I chose that term because it comes out of the Scripture. We're talking about older folks. Believe it or not, there are people here that are older than me. And I'm thankful for every one of you. We are extremely blessed in this congregation with our aged 
brothers and sisters. What a wonderful example that you are for us. And I thank you for that. Sister Della also told me before I got up here this morning, she's like, now if you go too long, I'm going to let you know. And I said, well, thank you for that. But bear in mind what time I got to get up here. And if they're going to take the time they want, I'm going to do the same. We need that, though. We need those kind of examples out there. And we have some wonderful examples here. I'll speak more about that, Lord willing, later on, but thank you for that. We're going to spend some time talking about wives and husbands. I put wife up there because I'm a, I'm a male, and I have one, and I'm charged to honor mine. And if you don't know that I do that, I'm already. It's mission failure. So we'll use some of these, but all of this is, is, is part about God's plan on teaching us how to honor Him. So let's dig a little deeper here. Make sure that we know what honor actually is. To honor means to esteem and treat another with respect because of uh, who they are, what they have done. It means to hold them in high esteem. It really means to assign a value to them. Now I want you to think about that. Assign a value. That word in the Hebrew actually talk, it can go either way. It can be a positive or a negative, the same word. It just is is uh, it just depends upon the value that we place, whether it's a positive or a negative, whether we're going to honor or dishonor. It's the same word. And I thought about that, you know, about those we are to honor. If I'm supposed to honor my elders, what value do I put on them? Is it a positive or negative? How does that come out? What about the leaders in our government? Do I assign that value to them that's a positive? When we honor people, we value them highly. We hold them up. If you will, we put them on a pedestal. If we don't do that, we do not honor them. The biblical words, uh, again, translated as honor, can have different shades of meanings. But basically, um, it's about giving them their due, their just respect, their esteem. That can be in a community sense also. And we read about that in the scriptures. So let's talk about honoring God and how we do that. First of all, we honor God by keeping his commandments. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, what a great memory verse. It's really short. It's amazing how you can teach this to young folks. Brother Rick, you're doing those memory verses out there. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just, but this is an easy one, right? If you love me, keep my commandments. It doesn't get any simpler than that. You know, there's a story about the mother uh, whose kids came up to her and they said, Mom, what do you want for Mother's Day? That's coming up. She said, just do what I tell you. What she's saying is keep my commandments. Keep 
my commandments. That's what Jesus is saying. You can go out here and mouth these words. You can wear the little bracelets. You know, the little buttons. That used to be a big thing back in the day. Ooh, I'm a Christian. Really? Are you a disciple of Christ? How am I going to know that? John says by our fruit. We're going to walk in the light. We are disciples. We're going to follow the example of our master. And he has commanded things for us to do. Brothers and sisters, if we love him, we're going to keep those commandments. Now, why am I using that instead of honor? Because it's impossible for us to honor him without loving him. It's impossible for us to love him without honoring him. Those two things go hand in hand when we're talking about our Lord. And that's important. That's a great concept because we're going to see that same concept that God uses down the road as well. And I think, where would I learn more about that concept, how honor and love are tied together? Well, you know what? It's part of all God's wonderful design, isn't it? Absolutely is. In Ephesians chapter 5, the scripture says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. And then in 1 Peter 3, 7, he says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife. Love and honor tied together. Now each of us here today who are husbands are part of God's design and part of His system that we teach other people how to honor God. And how do we do that? By the way that we treat our wives. That covers our behaviors. That also talks about our language. Now each of us as children should have learned how to honor by watching our fathers. And I know we've got some people here that are going to say, wait a minute, it didn't work that way in my household. Amen. Doesn't happen in everyone. But that doesn't mean it's not God's design. That is God's design. That's why he designed the family. That's why he had a marriage. That's why he did what? Said, let's go out and have children and do what? And we're going to teach lessons to our children through this marital relationship. First of all, I want you to know how to honor me. Where are you going to learn that? I'm going to learn that at home. Who's going to teach me that? Dad is going to teach. If you didn't get that at home, you know what? You've got an excuse. You sure do. And I'm going to tell you the, the maximum effective range of that excuse till the day you get married. And then it stops. And you can look at me and say, well, that didn't happen in a household when I was growing up. That's great. But you're not growing up in this household. You're leading it. There's a difference here. And if you can't find a woman out there that you can honor, you better stay single. This is not a recommendation. God didn't come out and say, I highly recommend husbands love your wives. Honor them. This is a commandment. Might as well be written in stone, brothers and sisters, because it came from the word from the mouth of God. 
We are commanded to do this, husbands. And again, I'm not here to judge other people. These are things I reflect on. Been married 44 years coming this summer. It's been an absolute honor for me to be married uh, to my wife for 44 years. And then I think, how has that changed? How has my behavior changed? Do I still open doors for her like I did back in the day? When I speak of her, do I speak of her in glowing terms? I can still remember as a single man. I had friends that would come up to me and go, hey, you're getting pretty tight with her, aren't you? You bet. Well, why? And my goodness, I didn't know I could be. It was wonderful, the words that I would use to describe that young lady. And then we get married, and what happens? It should continue. That same language should continue. I am to present my wife as an honorable woman. I am to esteem her and to hold her up. And if you cannot see that in any marriage here, then we as men are failing miserably. And we need to be teaching our children these lessons at home. Let's take that seriously. So I asked the husbands here this morning, are we teaching others how to honor and love God by the way that we honor and love our wives? What are we teaching by our example? Well, honoring God and keeping His commandments also brings with it the idea of submission, right? Jesus said, keep my commandments. Wow, you commanded me to do something? I'm going to submit to your will. Well, what if I don't want to do it? Submit, right? Jesus tells me to do something. I need to do it. I need to surrender my will to his. That's what I need to do. Where do I learn that concept? You think about that? Go right back to the home. We were in Ephesians chapter 5 earlier. Let's go back to some previous verses up here. Let's start in verse number 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. wonder where we learn submission, brothers and sisters. It should begin in the home. Mothers, you play a huge role in this. And you do this through your actions, your behavior, your attitude, and your language. Extremely important. Children need to learn that in home. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and in is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Again, this is not a suggestion. I really don't care what's popular in society except that it affects negatively often the church. If this is not popular in society, I can't help that. This needs to be popular among us. This is God's will and design for us. We have this responsibility. We went to 1 Peter for the men. Let's go back to 1 Peter for the women. 
In chapter 3, beginning of verse 1, Scripture says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. And I want to pause here for just a minute because I want us to get the impact of this submission of these women. Peter says, Wives, your submission should be so powerful that even if your husband does not obey the word, is an unbeliever, what's going to happen? Without a word, without you nagging him, without you reminding him, without you helping him see, but through your behavior, your actions, and your attitude, he may be won by the conduct of your daily life. Now, how powerful is that? And how many wives do we have today do we think that can win souls by the submission they show their husband? See, I beat on the man, so I'm going to get a little shot on the women too. I'm not doing this to be mean, and I'm not judging anybody. But this is what Peter said right here. Think about the power of that. That's awesome. That again is part of God's design for us. For our children to learn these lessons at home. And again, we're going to have some to say, wait a minute, I wasn't raised in a home like that. Amen. A lot of folks today not being raised in a home like that. What are we going to do about it? We're just going to forget about that commandment? Well, let's look and see. Shazam. See, I want to say, wow. And I want to do a little definition here. Where's Brother Bruce? Brother Bruce, I love you. So I'm going to throw Shazam up here. Thank you. I'm going to throw Shazam up there. So many of you probably don't know this, but wow is an English word. The definition of wow is it means wow. Now Shazam's a little bit different. So it's actually a Greebrew word. Now Greebrew is kind of a, a, an amalgamation of Greek and Hebrew. We kind of combine those, and it means wow. So when you hear Brother Bruce say shazam, that's Hebrew for wow. That's really what that means. I just thought I'd throw that in. So again, if we don't, if we did not learn these things at home coming up, where are we going to learn these things? And you notice I've titled that Honoring Father and Mother. So Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, and again, this is something every child should learn. Brothers and sisters, if we're not teaching our children, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, we're failing. This should be some of the very first things they cut their teeth on. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And then do what? Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Amen. Where are they going to learn to honor God? It starts in the home by honoring the parents. And again, I don't know about you, but I see so many examples of things today that make me want to run and hide. I don't want to get too close. I'm afraid I'm going to get hit by lightning. When I see the way that some of these families operate in public, the things that come out of children's mouths, the actions and behaviors that they have, the language that they use, and I think, 
initially, where did they learn that? And I'm like, okay, dummy, you know where they learned that at home. Where they're supposed to be learning how to honor, they're learning to dishonor. Honor your father and mother. How serious is this commandment under the old law? I want to remind you. If there was a child who would not mind his parents, do you remember what happened with that child? The parents took that kid to the elders of the city. He was examined, and if he was found guilty of that charge, they took that kid outside the gates of the city and stoned him to death. And so evil was put away from the presence of Israel. Boy, if that happened today, we'd have, a, we'd have to go take another census. We wouldn't even know how many people we'd lost. This is serious with God honoring parents. And how do they honor them? By obeying them. How do we honor Jesus? By obeying Him. This is a principle that starts at home. This is both parents involved. Honor father and mother. We both have a piece of that. We see some kids here, very young children. We see some a little bit older. God bless all the parents that are here. Especially those with children still in the home. You've got a grave and awesome responsibility. God tells you what a blessing those children are. And I know some people do not like to hear children when they cry in the assembly. But I love it. Amen. I love to hear that. And if you're one of those parents, please don't feel like you're bothering people. Because if they are, come sit by me. You're not going to bother me. I'm glad that we have children in our assemblies. I'm glad that we have godly parents who are teaching those children to obey and honor them. What a great principle as we go on uh, honoring and obeying uh, our Heavenly Father. Again, if you didn't grow up in a family like that, you might go, well, how do we do this? How do I go about that? And again, I'm going to tell you, uh, my parents were Christians. I was raised in a Christian home, but they weren't perfect, and they didn't do everything correctly. My children were raised in a Christian home, and guess what? Their parents didn't do everything correctly either. We tried, but we failed some things. Absolutely, we could have done some stuff better. But God doesn't leave us without a plan, and I love that. Deuteronomy chapter 11, God lays out a plan for us. In verse 18, he says, Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine, the words of God, his commandments, in your heart and in your soul. If you don't know where to start with your children, start with yourself. Putting God's word in your heart and in your soul. Brothers and sisters, we can't teach what we don't know. It starts with us. We need to get that word of God in us. And bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children. How are we going to do that? Speaking of them, when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Is there another time you can think of he didn't cover? God's word should be on our lips 
constantly. We should teach them those stories out of the Bible. Why? So we can use those principles again later on in life as we're guiding them and teaching them how to think and how to honor God, how to keep His commandments. God's given us a plan. It's wonderful. You'll write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gate so when you come and you go, They'll always be before you. Not too long ago, Brother Craig talked about honoring. Came out of uh, the book of Romans. And you use the ESV translation, I believe in that. Because we talk in the King James about preferring one another. Loving one another. And I believe the ESV says that we're supposed to outdo each other. If I remember your teaching, Brother Craig, it's almost a competition and how we honor. Now we don't do that so that we can outcompete someone else. We do that because that is what God has asked us to do. And when God asks, by the way, that's still a commandment because He's got authority. We honor God by partaking of the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner. I want to spend just a little time and Brother Mark, again, thank you. For those words. I want to read this through 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and just talk about this for a minute. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, and the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now Paul went back and said, Here's what happened. And here's how this is supposed to take place in remembrance of Jesus. And then he continues to say, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup, brothers and sisters, the first thing that we need to do is eat the bread and drink the cup. We can't do that if we're not here. Can't do it. Can't be done. And when we're here, yes, we're supposed to partake, but let's look at how we do that. We drink the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. We'll be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Just because we're eating and drinking doesn't mean that we're honoring God. There's some things that are supposed to be going up here between our ears. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. What's supposed to be going on up here? It says it's a remembrance of me. Jesus is what's supposed to be between our ears right there. Now that means that there's a whole lot of things that aren't supposed to be going on like everything else. And again, I'm very grateful for the congregation here. There were many times as a kid that I was growing up, you would hear a click, click, click. Somebody would be clipping their nails during communion. I got to tell you, that's hard for me. It's hard for me to stay focused. I'm not sure what that has to do with discerning the Lord's body. 
typically we know what comes right behind that. We're going to take up an offering, and a lot of times we're digging around in our wallets, man, or, or ladies, we're digging around in our purse trying to get money out, especially if we've got kids or grandkids sitting there. We're there to discern the Lord's body. We'll have time. If we have not already prepared to give, we'll have an opportunity to do that, even if we have to look at somebody that's passing that basket and go, time out, I need just a minute. I'm going to get my bill, folks. We'll do it. We'll give you that time. If we can't take that time every week to honor the Lord, in this particular memorial that he has designed and set aside that we would do, what are we teaching our children? He hadn't asked a lot there. But he has asked that of us. We need to make sure that we do that. Talk about honoring the aged and then we'll close. In Luke chapter 4, uh, sorry, 14 and verse 7, there's a parable here. And I think it's important. That we look at that. Jesus speaking this parable said to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor saying to them. Now notice there's places of honor. Where people sit is important. Amen. That's why we call it the head of the table. There's a head of the table. Who sits there? The head. The person we're honoring sits at the head of the table. We know that. But let's see if we practice what we preach. When you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor. Oh, there's places of honor. Absolutely. Lest someone more distinguished than you, more honored than you, be invited by him and he invited you both, will come and say to you, there's two of you here, you're sitting in somebody else's place, give your place to this person and then... You then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. Where we sit is important. But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. What a great concept. But let's bear this in mind and let's take this to a little different level too. It's not just where we sit when we eat at the table. It's when we eat. And I want to take you back on a little bit of journey into the past if I could. When I was a kid being raised up, and for some of y'all, it was 100 years ago. When I was a kid being raised up, when we had a gathering of people, when there was a group, it wasn't just our immediate family. Parents ate first. Adults ate first, and they started with the oldest. And I'm going to tell you, if you had chicken, when it came down to a young guy, you got a wing or you got a neck. There wasn't a whole lot left because the kids ate last. And why was that? Because they honored the older. And they were teaching principles and lessons there. And you know what? We, uh, we as a group here, we have fellowship lunches. And I'm not trying to, to tell the elders how to do business. I'm not trying to judge anybody. But I always look at lessons that we teach. And we do, I think, uh, collectively, like I'm taking credit because this was going before I got here, of course. 
but we collectively do a really good job. What do we do? We announce birthdays. We announce anniversaries, right? Special occasions. Any visitors that we got, what do we do? We funnel them to the front of the line. Why do we do that? Because we want to honor them, right? I mean, this isn't, this isn't rocket science. We're just going to honor them. We want to value them. We want to esteem them a little bit. And in today's society, what do we do? We run up there with all the kids because they got to eat next. And I'm thinking, what is it that we're teaching them? And if you're going to tell me that kids can't wait, we're talking about kids that have never really experienced hunger. How do you know they can't wait? I've seen children who haven't eaten for 48 hours. They can wait. What are we teaching? Just to consider that. Joe chapter 2, uh, 32 and verse 1. We're going to talk about a principle here. Remember old Job? He had a lot of bad things that happened to him. And he had three buddies that showed up to help him out. Man, you got buddies like that, you don't need enemies. These guys spent 31 chapters whooping on him. They brought a fourth guy with him, and this fourth guy was a young pup. Job was a little older fellow. His buddies were a little older. They brought this young pup with him. He was the fourth guy that came along. And he listened to this discussion that went on forever. Ad nauseum, if you will. He just couldn't stand it. And he's like, why didn't you old guys take care of this? You got three on one. Odds are in your favor. Should have made that happen. In verse 1, he says, So these three men ceased answering Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then the wrath of Elihu, that young pup, the son of Barakal the Buzzite, of the family of Ram, was aroused against Job. His wrath was aroused because he justified himself rather than God. Also against his three friends his wrath was aroused because they found no answer and yet had condemned Job. Now because they were years older than he, Elihu had waited to speak to Job. That's honor. That's respect. When Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of these three men, his wrath was aroused. So Elihu, the son of Barakal, the Buzzite answered and said, I am young in years, and you are very old. Now, I'm not sure that that was exactly honoring them. That might have been a poke in the eye. I don't know how you take that. Therefore, I was afraid and dared not declare my opinion to you. I said, age should speak and multitude of years should teach wisdom. Amen, amen, and amen. That's what should happen. And brothers and sisters, culturally, historically, that has happened since the beginning of time. We are witnessing a change today. And one of the reasons we're witnessing a change to this is because of technology. In the past, what we did typically if we lived in the city was every evening... The men would go and gather in one place. The women would gather in another place. And the older folks would begin to talk. They would tell stories. They would go ahead and give life lessons out there for the young folks. 
And we could sit at the feet of those people and learn lessons. It was valuable. They were sources of knowledge and wisdom for us. And when we had questions, we went to them. And we honored and valued them. Today, we go to YouTube. If I want to know how to work on a car, first person I did was call my dad. And he was pretty good at that stuff. He had worked on a bunch of that old junk, Travis. He knew. He was a source of knowledge. I hadn't had a single kid call me and ask me how to work on a car, but they can tell you all about how, what it said to do on YouTube. And they're better off doing that, by the way. I'm not that source of knowledge. And if you want to know how your TV works, because you got a remote, you got 47 things out there, and you got you take a five-year-old kid and they can get there. And because technology has overcome a lot of us, and we didn't grow up with that particular technology, we're behind these kids. And we're no longer the source of knowledge. And because of that, as a society, we begin to shift in the way that we view the elder. Where we used to honor them, we used to value them, we used to go and spend time with them. Now we begin to look at them like they're a very unnecessary and expensive part of our society. And it's a shame. And I'm going to tell you as I get older, some of the things that I've begun to figure out. I've never been 65 years old before. I didn't have a clue what it was like till I got here, and I still don't know what it's like. I'm still trying to figure it out. As I get older, things change. There's stuff that doesn't work like it used to. There's stuff that doesn't work at all. I never had that before. I don't know what to do with that. By the way, I'm married to a woman. She's going through the same stuff. And I go to two men in particular. I go to Brother Glenn, Brother Clyde. And you know why? Because they've been through that. They've been through that personally. They've been through that with their wives. I listen to them. They, I ask them questions. And, I, and God bless both of you for being open, for being willing to share with me. And to help me, you've both been a very personal blessing to me in that regard. Thank you for that. I think about Titus chapter 2 where the aged women are told to do what? Teach the younger women. How do you do that? Do you make a TikTok? Do you tweet it to them? It's on us who are younger than the aged, if you will, to find time and opportunity to sit at their feet and listen. To hear what they have to say. Pass on the knowledge. To give us. And look at this role model that they provided for us. And it's not just our men. We've got some women, some sisters out here that are just incredible in terms of the model that they've given for us. Thank you for that again. God, we're so blessed here. We have to give them the opportunity. We have to take the time to do that. Don't let technology steal that from us.
And I'm going to charge you younger folks with it. Don't let that happen. In Daniel chapter 7 and verse 9, I'll close. The Bible says, and as I look, Daniel's having a vision here. Thrones were placed in the ancient of days, took his seat. Now, why am I using this? Because God refers to himself as the ancient of days. Age is important to him. In fact, one of the ways that he tells us that he's deity, that he's God, is he's been from everlasting to everlasting. Age is important. The Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousand served him and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment and the books were opened. I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. And as I looked, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to the burned with fire, to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were formed for a season and a time. God is sitting on his throne in judgment, and he is the ancient of days. Why is that important? Because you and I are going to stand before him, before that ancient of days. And we're going to give account of how we've honored him the legacy that we've left behind and the example that we were teaching others to honor Him. Where does that sit with you this morning? What kind of example are you? What kind of example have you been? What kind of example am I? And what have I been? Do we have work to do? I think that each of us could probably improve on the way that we honor God and honor each other. We're going to sing a song uh, of invitation here in just a minute. Before we do that, take pause for just a minute. Think about your life. Think about how that matches up with what God would have us to do. If you've got any reason this morning that you would need the prayers or the help or the assistance of our brethren here, I'm going to ask that you would come and have a seat on the front pew while we stand and sing that song. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.